I'm E.J. Ionelli, and this is From the Studio. This morning, our guest in the KPBX studio is Vina Cathcart, who's here today to talk about what's in store for the Lunar New Year celebration that takes place this Saturday. So welcome, Vina. Thank you for having me this morning. Yeah, good morning. So you are, your official capacity is the event committee co-chair, but you also co-founded this event in what, 2022? Yeah, so Spokane's United We Stand was founded in, I want to say May of 2021 during the midst of the pandemic. It was a time where I found that our community was really divided and we really was missing something in the community that united us all from um, the smaller communities. Like everyone has kind of rescinded back into their own circles. And so we found a niche space where we could fill that void. Um, and so me, along with five other members, got together and in a flower shop and born uh, Spokane United We Stand. And when you say our community, are you talking about the Asian and Pacific Islander community? Or are you talking about the, the larger community? Because I think the same can be said of both. A hundred percent. And I think it's a little bit of both. So the usual, I guess, acronym uses AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander. What you're missing in there is the Native Hawaiians as well. And Asian as, you know, a, a group, I guess, is a very broad characterization of um, a group that contains well over 20 countries, right? and which has their own cultures, their own languages. Um, and so we found a way to bring and unite all those groups together. And so you co-founded this uh, this event through Spokane United We Stand, and that was in 2022. Yeah, we had this Lunar New Year celebration that made its return to the wider Spokane community after something like a nine-decade hiatus. Yeah, huh? so the last one, I believe, was... 89, it was an 89-year hiatus. Had it gone on, it would have been the longest celebration in Spokane that's ever happened, even surpassing the St. Patty's Day celebration. Um, and so we were so thankful to be able to dig up all this history that Spokane has um, and be able to build on that. And our celebration not only, you know, be able to bring the modern side of society, so the, the modern era of Asian cuisine, Asian dress, all of that, but also pay um, tribute to our history in Spokane as well. And this is probably a good point to tease out a very crucial distinction between this Lunar New Year celebration and some of the others that take place around town. Because, for example, the Spokane Chinese Association had their Lunar New Year celebration at the Fox Theater last uh, last weekend. And there are others that take place around town, right? Yeah. So um, when I was growing up, it was always Chinese New Year. But I'm Vietnamese. But we also celebrate Vietnamese New Year. So the the broader term of, of or more inclusive term of Lunar New Year has been um, used in past year, two years, five years, um, to be more inclusive of all of the groups that celebrate New Year around this time that follow the the lunar calendar. And so um, each individual group, like my Vietnamese temple, had their own celebration last week as well. Um, And then the Chinese Association had theirs last week. And so each individual group to their own community has a celebration that they um, do to celebrate in their own way, their own culture. Um, But this celebration happening at the Spokane Convention Center is one for the entire community. It unites all these groups together. You're able to see showcases from the Korean community, the Vietnamese community, the Chinese 
community. Um, so all of these communities are coming together on one big day. And I was going to say, the just the venue alone is indicative of the size and the inclusivity. I mean, here it is, the Spokane Convention Center, and it follows a similar format, I think, to the Spokane Chinese Association's Lunar New Year festivities, where it's also this, uh, this business expo or this expo, and you have this additional component, which is a cultural and arts component. Yeah, 100%. So our biggest... I guess, mission for Spokane United We Stand is that we give back to the community that we serve. Um, We highlight a lot of the Asian, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander artists and business during this expo um, because oftentimes that they don't have a place to really showcase their work um, in other expos. So we're proud to be able to offer them this space here. And you're correct. Um, So we have broken fire code twice the past two years (laughs) that we were um, having this event. We first had it in the pavilion expecting maybe 1,000, 2,000 people. It ended up being five to 10,000. Last year, we moved to the old convention center expecting, you know, 10, 15. We surpassed about 15, 20. So here we are <laughs> um, moving venues again to the Swakane Convention Center with room to grow. So we're in Exhibit A this year, um, and then there's other bays that we can expand to. But throughout the day, there will be food samples. So there's a food element to it. Asian culture is really big on food. Um, performances throughout the day, and then over 120 vendors. And uh, Jim just gave me a note that Archie and Rona Chen, who um, were part of last week's Piano Bench, are also part of this, aren't they? Yeah, so there's over 40 performances throughout the day. We have award-winning pianists that are joining us. Um, We have amazing, amazing um, cultural groups that are joining us as well to showcase their performances, and it's just going to be a great day. Yeah, I would think that you would be really encouraged by the rapid growth of this event to go from the pavilion to the, you know, the old convention center to this much bigger venue and still have room to grow. Yeah, so we're super, super happy to see. It's a great problem to have when you're an event organizer to see your event grow and grow and grow. (laughs) That being said, if we outgrow the convention center, I'm not sure where we'll go (laughs) besides the arena. We might have to move it outdoors. Who knows? But that's a future problem, right? But it's a great problem to have. Um, The other thing that we you know, really pride ourselves on is our community partners. So this event has been free. It always has been free for everyone to come and join. We have over $20,000 in giveaways throughout the day, 500 swag bags. Um, But those all came from donations within the community, our business community. So we've never charged um, an entrance fee or anything like that. And so we really wanted to make it accessible for everyone. Yeah. And the business community and, and individual businesses and donors have really stepped up because in addition, to the the some of the cultural events, which I'm hoping we'll talk about in detail, but there's something like twenty thousand dollar kind of price tag associated with all of these swag bags. Yeah, so five hundred swag bags. They have uh, various gifts for the new year, but also we do um, a five thousand envelope red envelope giveaway. So um, the cultural tradition is that every one gets um, a red envelope for the new year. It contains like best wishes for the new year, but more importantly, it contains money. So for, <laughs> uh, for us, our red envelope contains um, gift cards to our local restaurants. We have lift tickets to Lookout Pass. We have um, just for a variety of gifts to give back to the community for the new year. 
And so some of these activities that are going to be on offer, and it really does span the gamut. And I, I would like to talk about some of these which might be familiar to listeners and other things which we might have a vague uh, idea of, but it would help to understand some of the cultural context behind it. So we have the lion and dragon dances, and this being the year of the dragon, that seems very fitting. Yeah. So what are the what's the cultural context for the lion and dragon dances? Sure. So the cultural history behind that is that um, – the new year is a time for rebirth and re- regrowth and reunion. Um, it also is a time to ward off any bad spirits for the new year. So you'll hear a lot of these drums and the cymbals. It's the loud noises scares away the evil spirits. And so the dragon dance is a, um, the dragon in general in Vietnamese and Asian culture um, is this all-powerful being that scares away all these evil spirits, but it also brings good luck It's seen as a very powerful entity. Um, And so the dragon dance is a dance that incorporates about um, eight to ten people per dragon. He's chasing um, a pearl, and the pearl is this, um, you know, blessing and wealth. Um, And so the dance will actually progress where you'll hear the drums, and it's this imminent being of, like, the dragon is coming. And you'll dragon will come in chasing this pearl, um, and along it, you know, scaring away all of the bad spirits that could be there and bringing, ushering in this... um, peacefulness and wealth and prosperity for the new year. Oh, interesting. I've seen the dragon dance so many times, but I never really quite understood or appreciated the narrative behind it. Yeah. So the, the counterpart, the, the counterpart to the dragon is a phoenix. You never really see a phoenix a lot in the dances. Um, it's a female counterpart to the male dragon. Um, it's actually funny in Shanghai, they did a drone, um, instead of fireworks, they did a drone performance this year and you'll, um, in it, you see a dragon and actually the the phoenix coming together, and it's this um, sense of unity. So the lion and the phoenix represents unity. You'll see it a lot in weddings, um, and it's it symbolizes both of them coming together to form a very powerful and peaceful unity. I see, I see. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the third prince, and this is something that's unfamiliar to me. Yeah, so um, the third prince is in Taiwan is um, a Taiwanese cultural um, entity. He brings in good wealth for the people. And we have actually, the Taiwanese government was able to donate to us and let us borrow the third prince costumes. We have two of them this year. Last year we had one. But it's it's a great opportunity for everyone. I mean, even the Taiwanese embassy is involved in our event. Oh, so wow. it, it's, um, you can see how far like how many different kind of groups are involved from the Taiwanese embassy to locally to Spokane here. I mean, we have groups everywhere that are joining us, which is really great. And what is the story to the third prince? That one I'm not as well versed in um, other than he is um, he brings wealth and is the guardian of the wealth for um, the Taiwanese culture. And I don't want to speak for them since I'm not as well versed in that. Well, wealth seems to be a recurring theme. <laughs> and there's also there's also these gods and goddesses of money yes. that are relating to wealth specifically. Yeah. So can you mention some of these by name or some of the, the general background behind them? Yeah, so the general background behind them. So um, I feel like in American cultures, we see blessings as, you know, prayers and blessings like mm. that. In the Asian cultures, a lot of that comes in the form of wealth. So if the gods, you know, see you as worthy enough, he'll bestow on you wealth. And that's, you know, that's how you show off that you have, you're you in God's favor. 
So in Vietnamese culture, there's um, a god called Om Dia, which is the big belly Buddha that everyone rubs his belly for wealth right, and everything. Right. Um, and so in, in different cultures, there's the god or goddesses that, that, that you pray to to bring wealth to you and your family for the new year. And so will there be people costumed as these gods going throughout the exhibition? Yep. So that's what we did last year as well. It was a huge fan favorite. So we'll have money goddess and goddess, uh, gods and goddesses throughout the entire venue for everyone to come up and take some pictures with them. And hopefully that will bring you wealth as well. Yeah, I was going to say, you <laughs> hope that, that, that you bump into them and they smile upon you when you yes, do. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> um, and then in addition to all of this, you also have kids' activities. So there is an interactive element as well. Yep. So we have a petting zoo, which is a huge favorite for all of the kids. Um, but we also have um, the kids zone, which has like calligraphy and drawings and um, chopstick games. So if you're if you want to train up on your chopstick games, definitely stop by the kids zone where you can pick <laughs> up beans with some chopsticks. Um, I grew up with chopsticks my entire life and I was just like, oh, I'll try it. And it's harder than you can think it is. And so, yeah, you've got the the calligraphy, which I think is always a hit. Yep. And then the petting zoo. What sort of animals is this going to feature? Oh, my goodness. Um, Last year, I think we had baby goats and bunnies. And last year was the year of the rabbits. We had bunnies there. Yeah, unfortunately, Um, no dragons to pet. Unfortunately, no dragons to pet. But we do have some 3D artists that are 3D printing um, dragons that day. So definitely stop by their booth as well. And then there's also the great unifying factor that is cuisine. And so there's going to be loads of culinary options yeah. for, for this. Yeah. Know? So a lot of our local restaurants have um, donated their time and effort to providing samples throughout the day. Um, so there's different restaurants like Island Style Food Truck. And now they actually have um, a restaurant on, I believe, Division. Um, but they're one of our biggest partners to provide food samples throughout the day. We also have tea sampling. Tea is a huge part of Asian culture as well. So there will be tea samplings throughout the day as well. And then I'd also like to talk about some of the vendors because people will have a chance to um, to in- engage with the vendors and purchase from them. But if memory serves, so I think it was back in October, Charity Bagat Singh Doyle, who is involved with Spokane United We Stand, came in and for our Thursday Arts Preview talked to me about the Saga grant that they had received, which was concentrating on skills building and helping folks who you know who might be of Asian background, um, helping them kind of break into the vendor circuit. And I just wanted to know if this event is kind of helping to realize that, if this is a component of that of that uh, saga grant. Yeah, so there's going to be a variety of different vendors and certainly a lot of the Asian vendors there. That um, And we waive a lot of vendor fees for the smaller vendors that, hey, it's our first year, it's our second year. Um, and so we're able to bring them in and just say, hey, here's a chance to expose yourself to 20,000 plus people throughout the day, just to get a sense of you know what a vendor um, goes through throughout the entire day. But we have um, cultural groups like um, the Filipino Association that's going to be there, Ahana is going to be there. So there's definitely a lot of different groups that are going to be there from um, vendors on the social services side, but also vendors that are um, selling their their art and their um, what they're actually making. Yeah, I was going to ask if there is um, an artistic component so that we will be able to purchase maybe authentic, uh, authentic art. 
Yep. So there are, um, I know um, Davika Gates um, from the Indian community. She usually has a, um, a booth there and she sells traditional um, Indian jewelry throughout the day and she does henna as well. And so there's a lot of groups that are bringing their own art, their own authentic goods from their own countries and they're you know, selling those or they're hand making them themselves. And we had mentioned Archie and Rona Chen by name as uh, one of the musical performers. What sort of uh, musical performances are we going to have? Are we going to have anybody performing on you know, traditional Asian instrumentation, for example? I believe we are. And then there's also um, at least four or five different vocal groups as well. Oh, wow. There's okay. going to be um, some traditional Chinese duets. Um, there's going to be Korean martial arts um, this way, uh, or performances as well as that as well. So it really does span the gamut, doesn't oh, it? Oh, 100%, yeah. And the one thing that we we're highlighting this year is um, the cultural fashion show that's going to happen as well. So it's going to have over 20 countries. They're going to don their traditional garb that they would wear in their home countries, and there's going to be a fashion show, and it's, it's great. And I have to ask, as the co-founder and one of the co-organizers on this, is there anything that you personally are looking forward to about this Year of the Dragon Lunar New Year celebration? I always look forward to the lion dances at the end. I know we brought this up earlier. The lion dance is a traditional Vietnamese dance. There's a group um, here locally. They're the only group that does uh, the lion dance. They're um, a volunteer youth group for the Vietnamese temple. Um, And they do all of the lion dances performances throughout Spokane and Northern Idaho. Um, And so their schedule is fairly busy. And these are all like teenagers that are in school and doing this as well. Um, But they always are able to rally a crowd. I mean, they're the ones that led the crowd out of like a 5,000 plus crowd out of the convention center, out onto the veranda um, to experience the fireworks at the end. So it's always a crowd pleaser and I always love it. Yeah, and I think that highlights too that this event is for the the wider Spokane community, but also just helping foster some of these traditions within the Asian communities. When you talk about a group of teenagers taking up the lion dance and then carrying on that tradition, it sounds like it must be really heartening. Yeah, so I think the hardest part when I was growing up was kind of finding my footing. My parents were first-generation immigrants here to the States, um, and so they were very rooted in their traditional ways, how they traditionally did things back in back in Vietnam. And for me, it was just navigating this Western lifestyle. Like, how do I rectify that between, you know, growing up in, in America and then having these strong traditions that I want to be connected to still? And so when I had my son, that was even more evident of like, wow, I really want him to tie back to tradition, but you kind of feel so far removed that it's so great to have these events where you're able to experience that bite of culture Mm -hmm. that you're kind of craving um, and also have a way to connect back, right? Like my mom attends these events, my grandparents attends these events, and they're just so happy to see a little bit of their culture being enjoyed by the greater community as a whole. Yeah, 20,000 people. Yeah. It's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> well, Vina, thank you so much for coming in today and talking about this. Well, thank you for having me. I've been speaking this morning with Vina Cathcart, who's helping to organize this year's Spokane Lunar New Year celebration. And that event takes place this Saturday, that's February 24th, at the Spokane Convention. Center. For more details, you can visit SpokaneUnitedWeStand.org.